Hello everyone, welcome to Garden State of Hockey, and the state of hockey in the Garden State is very bad. My name is Dan Roselle, and I'm joined by John Fisher, who paid money to attend this latest embarrassment put forward by the New Jersey Devils. How are you, John? I'm not happy, Dan. Ah, I can't imagine why you would be. So, as we mentioned last week, I started off by saying the caveat for all the things we were discussing is that it was two games into the season, no need to panic yet, no need to kind of flail about, but after this week, I can safely say that things have gotten no better. So just uh, briefly summarize the state of affairs here. To start the season, the Devils have played three home games and three road games. They have been outscored 14-2 to on the road, with pretty much no chance in any of those games. They've been shut out two times, uh, and they've played in three different teams' home openers, where they basically didn't show up and just let them run a practice all over them. At home, they've maintained leads in every game, one game featuring a four-goal lead and one game featuring a three-goal lead, only to go on to blow that lead in the latter two periods of each game, with the exception being the Edmonton game, probably being the only one they deserve to win according to their play, which they still managed to lose. So here we sit at 0-4-2. There are no answers here. The special teams have been atrocious. The effort is just not there. So what I can tell you is that we'll put forward a better effort in entertaining you than the Devils have. So with all that in mind, John, you told me before we started recording today that you're bringing the fire. The -hmm. floor is yours. Please, please start a fire that someone may see and maybe might spark something else because right now the mood around the team is absolutely miserable. The the players look miserable. The coaches have no answers. The fans are apoplectic. So the floor is yours. Go ahead. A lot of people online, namely beat reporters, other fans, are unhappy at how upset and angry and quote-unquote toxic the Devils fans are. I am here to say that they need to be. They should be angry. In fact, if you are a Devils fan all across the world, I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you're in Africa. I don't care if you're in Argentina. I don't care if you're in Iceland. I don't care if you're in, I don't know, Westwood. I don't care where you are. If you're a Devils fan and you've been paying attention and you're not outraged or upset or disappointed or despondent about the first six games of the season, then you either have an incredible amount of patience and grace or you're really not paying attention. And I think I don't blame you if you're not paying attention because this is absolutely terrible. It's aberrant. It is shocking. It is shambolic. It is absolutely terrible because weeks ago on this very podcast, Dan, we were excited for this season. Mm. We thought things were going to be better. And in theory, it should have been better. I don't know how, but the Devils added P.K. Subban and managed to make their defense play even worse than it did last season. I don't know how, but with a healthy Taylor Hall, the offense seems to run into doing enough to get ahead and then not not performing at all or not scoring at all. Now, granted, Tuka Rask is very good and Carter Hart is the latest in the long line of Philadelphia goaltenders that has a great start to their career only to... Um, have some bad games and have Philadelphia fans run them out of town. Fine. But the fact of the matter is still simple, is that we all expected better. 0-4-2 is the exact opposite. It is almost the very worst start 
that they possibly could have had. And yeah, you could argue that they could have even had six losses in regulation. That would be worse. But the point is still the same. They are way behind everybody else in the league, it, not much less their division, much less the conference. They just dropped two big points to a team they may have to chase for the wild card in several months, which at this point, who even knows if that's going to happen? Because they're in the they're in a hole this big already. And as a result, a lot of fans online and at the game today even are calling for Hines to be fired. They're calling for the staff to be fired. They're calling for change because, quite frankly, the status quo isn't good enough. Let me break it down even further, Dan. I miss Peter DeBoer. <laughs> okay, a lot of fans are going to sit there and go, ah, Peter DeBoer, he ruined Adam Larson. Look at Ad Adam Larson in Edmonton. Adam Larson ruined Adam Larson. It wasn't Peter DeBoer's fault. <laughs> Second, Peter DeBoer may have graded on people and the players eventually stopped listening to him, but maybe if the Devils didn't stick with a goaltending tandem over the age of 40 for so long and let Corey Schneider have the reins earlier, maybe they would have made the playoffs a couple more times. Just maybe, you know? And, you know, a couple other decisions here and there. But the fact of the matter is, Peter DeBoer got results. And even though things aren't super happy-go-lucky in San Jose right now, and even though they're still in that, uh, you know, we're contenders, but we're never going to succeed as contenders, but we're going to try, that's way better than the current state of the Devils over the last five years, where they made the playoffs once, they barely made it, they were just happy to be there, which at the time was perfectly fine, but now that you got the Jimmys and the Joes, it's clear that the X's and the O's aren't good enough, and worse than that, as we witnessed today, on Columbus Day, or Indigenous People Days, or Canadian Thanksgiving, or Monday the 14th, whatever, whatever you want to call this day. The Devils decided to commemorate it by taking a 4-3 lead that they were on their verge of choking and then come out and playing the most sorry, sad sack performance I've seen in quite some time. Like, they were looking like it was preseason, never mind the fact that preseason ended weeks ago. They looked like a team that just didn't care at all. Where's the leadership? Where's the motivation from the coaching? Everything outside of Pavel Zaka, Will Butcher, and to a somewhat lesser extent, Nico Heischer. Everybody on that team was terrible in that third period, and they played for the loss. They took the loss. They were booed off the ice. They deserve to be booed. I still want to boo them now, hours later. <laughs> I want. I almost wanted to tell you, Dan, maybe instead of a podcast, we should just boo in our microphones for a couple seconds, and you can loop the recording over and over again and say, there, there there's your reaction to everything here. They deserve it. I understand fans don't want to go to games to be negative. And, and, you know, truth be told, I don't think fans want to boo the team. But they've earned it. They've earned it by continuing to fail to pick up open men in in their own zone. They're 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 earning it by lollygagging in their own zone. They're they're earning it because they turned the puck over in all three zones, much to their own detriment. They're earning it because they failed to do anything productive on the power play. They came super close today. And that's an improvement over a whole lot of the other power play efforts, but almost is not enough. And this is a results oriented business and the devils aren't getting it. A lot of people paid money on jerseys, tickets, merch, parking. And quite frankly, a lot of people are commenting about how they're calling up their representative and saying they're going to cancel their tickets or they're going to sell their, buy back the tickets, sell the tickets on StubHub or SeatGeek or fan, you know, Tick IQ or whatever other secondary website you want to use. And they're perfectly right to do so, Dan. This is not worth spending money for. 
This is not worth spending your evening. If you're a fan in Europe or in Africa or in Asia or the Middle East and you're staying up super late or getting up super early to watch this team, let me tell you, go to bed. <laughs> it's not worth it at this point. And yeah, I understand that if the Devils had won the game today, which they should have, you're up 4-1, you probably should win that game, especially after getting shut out in Boston, which followed getting reft, uh, reft and uh, shot out by the Connor McDavid's, which then followed a terrible performance in Philadelphia where he got shut out again. You're finally up 4-1. The kids are happy. It was Kids Day at the Rock. They were happy. The families were happy. I was happy. You were happy. And the Devils decided to pull down their pants and take a gigantic crap in the middle of the ice and say, hey, guys, this is how we're going to defend the lead. And Florida just put on a gas mask, went around the giant turd, and uh, scored five straight goals. Yeah, I mean, this team is it's, this is it's beyond anything I could have possibly imagined. They're so fragile. There's no other way to put it. Exactly. And that's... and and. The players deserve a lot of blame here. I know everyone's saying, oh, Taylor Hall is going to leave now. Well, it's not like Taylor Hall is pulling his weight enough here. You know, I know he scored one goal today. Woohoo, he finally scored a goal. Where's the defensive effort? Where's the off-the-puck movement, Hall? Where's the passes? Where's the leadership? I feel like if you're going to demand an $80 million contract or whatever big number your agent is asking for, you probably should be a leader of some sort. Earn that money a little bit. But he's not earning that money, Dan. Is he? Is he? <sighs> P.K. Subban was absolutely terrible today. He, he basically lived up to every criticism, or let me rephrase that, every legitimate criticism right. he has received as a player. With the turnovers, the lackadaisical play, the stupid penalties, even stupid things like crashing into his own goalie on a 4-on-2, nearly killing Palmieri with a shot, uh, high-sticking a puck 15 feet in the air for no discernible reason. It, 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 was, it was a really awful day for him. For the amount of money he's getting paid, that's not good enough. Um you know, Nikita Gusev got paid pretty handsomely, and, you know, he's just he's just not an NHL player off the puck. On the puck, he's he's an NHL player, but off the puck, he ain't there yet. And it, we can go down the list of players, again, outside of Butcher, Zaka, and possibly Heischer. I can't really forgive the performance today, and if we go back to previous games, everybody has had terrible nights. And that's why everybody's so mad at the coach and everybody's so mad at everything in general because nobody expected this. Nobody wanted this. Everybody thought last season was going to be in the past. It's not going to be a 29th place team. This should be a bubble team. And this has turned out to be a team even worse than last season's team. Yeah. So. So. <sighs> ain't nobody happy. Ain't nobody non-toxic. And if you don't like it, if you want to pretend that reality doesn't exist, here's my suggestion for you. Turn off the phone. Turn off Twitter. Turn off Facebook. Don't go. Don't dis, disengage from the Devils entirely. Because until some wins happen and some big and or some big changes happen, ain't nobody gonna be happy. And quite frankly, nobody should be. Absolutely nobody should be. That's, there's your fire. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's no way to disagree with any of that. The point about Subban today, my God, he just couldn't handle the puck cleanly at the top of the point on the power play. They actually had their first decent looking power play. Probably all season. 
And also, they still managed to let up a um, a goal on the penalty kill. That was a penalty, a double minor taken when you have seven minutes left to play. You're down by one goal, and then there's a double minor. You not only cut your time to catch up in half, but you give them a very good opportunity to score because the penalty kill is also trash. We talked oh, about yeah. X factors to go into the season and how they would kind of stack up. They would have to. There are a lot of unknowns coming in, and so far everything has been on the negative end of where those X factors could have been. Uh, well, the Heesh injury certainly a potential injury we're not sure what the extent of it is yet yeah he didn't play the second two periods right and all. it certainly does not help them at all uh green being injured listen again say what you will about green on the ice but he's probably better than tennyson is he absolutely is better than tennyson carrick and mueller combined so there you go so that's another thing working against them but suban has not it doesn't look like he's been focused on that point Votnin was much better on the power play point today um like no question about that Hughes can't buy a goal and he is extremely frustrated and understandably so the guy hit a double post today and hit a post in Philadelphia as well it is and in Boston yeah and and in Boston and it's just so frustrating you can see it and you can tell and it's proliferating um goaltending we mentioned that it had to be strong it has not been at all they've been let down a lot but yeah you're right they're not the Devils need the goaltenders to stand on their head, and they're not. Yep. And any other, you know, X factors throw in Gusev. He has been absolutely cratering any line he's been on possession-wise. Throw in, you know, the the young kids taking another step. I mean, Brat's been okay. I, I liked what I've seen from him, but he's just not being played all that much, which is weird. Uh, anyone else to mention? I mean, it, it's like not even. What can you even say? There's nothing to glean from this, and I really don't know where the answers are going to come from, but they have to come soon if they expect to make this year in any way competitive, and just it's just the same thing over and over. They don't show up at all on the road, and they don't show up for the last two periods of every home game for some reason. So right. for whatever reason that is, that has to be addressed, and you, you have to imagine that the pressure is mounting on the front office it's mounting on the management's mounting on the coaching staff this is turning some heads i would hope organizationally we haven't even had our first that'll do boys from new president jake reynolds we haven't had it it hasn't happened it's ridiculous it's one of two teams in the nhl without a win and we're six games into the season that's absurd and the sad thing is dan is that they fully deserve those six wins see here's the thing if the Devils were losing these six games by, say, 2-1, 3-2, like, let's say it's a run of, like, the Edmonton game where a ref whistle suddenly doesn't count anymore to stop a play and Connor McDavid's allowed to dash in a, a late equalizer. If the, if the games were – if there were more games like that, I think we'd be a lot more forgiving of John Hines. We'd be more forgiving of Elaine Nazardine. We'd be more forgiving – okay, maybe not so much for Rich Kowalski. But we'd be more forgiving of the Devils. But they're not close losses. Mm-hmm. They look like close losses, you know, in, in the bigger picture. But you blow a four-goal lead. That's a fail. You blow a three-goal lead. That's a fail. You get shut out on the road twice, and your other road game is a 7-2 route. That's a big fail. The Edmonton game is sadly the team's legitimately best game they've played, and it was still a shootout loss. That's one out of five, one out of six. And with respect to the coaching staff, as much as 
I could understand, you know, as much as I can understand the notion of, well, who do you replace him with? And, oh, well, Hines was extended back in January for multiple years. Well, here's a thought. This is not just six games of John Hines. This is five seasons of John Hines. Mm -hmm. And the fact that with better players, more talent, and the results are worse, and they're blowing leads, and the team isn't motivated, yeah, you're right. You can't fire 18 players or 20 players or however many players you want to fire. But the fact of the matter is, as we know with all the analytics that we've discovered over the last 10 years, what other analytics people have been saying is that coaching has a massive impact on a lot of what, what you see on the ice. And it's more than just who plays with who. It's also who are they matched up against? What are they being told to do on the ice? How are they being motivated in the back? What are they going through in practice? And the fact that the results so far with the Devils have been bad and we were fine with it in past seasons because they were rebuilding. But this was the season or is the season, I should say, that they should not be rebuilding anymore. You don't go out and pay $10 million to P.K. Subban in acquiring his contract and say you're rebuilding. You don't talk to Hall and Heischer early about new contracts if you're rebuilding. You don't go out and make a big splash about how things are going to be better. You don't make the Gusev trade if, you, if you're rebuilding. The Devils, Ray Shero has made it clear, we ain't rebuilding anymore. And yet, these results, these performances, these efforts are rebuild worthy. Sherman Abrams sent me a note saying, I didn't expect this from your guys, but hey, keep it up. You're, you're behind Ottawa. You don't want to be behind Ottawa in anything. Right. And they are. I mean, they have the same number of points, but Ottawa has a win. Even Ottawa has a win, Dan. They beat Tampa, too. <laughs> they beat That's the their Tampa win. Lightning. <laughs> of all the teams that they could have beaten, the even they managed had, to sneak out a win. Have, the Devils could have had three wins by now. We, if it was three and three, even if it's three home wins and three road losses, we would say, wow, the road is terrible. But hey, you got wins at home. You're at home for the next five games. You're, no, you're not going back on the road until November 2nd. Rack up those home wins, baby. And we'll figure it out later. No, we can't even do that. We can't. It, you can't even defend a multiple goal lead. It sucks. It really sucks. It's it's like they and, just stop playing once they build that lead. They get hemmed in for minutes at a time. They're too cute with the exits, and they just get bullied in their own zone. The, that first the line that, of the Panthers was just destroying them all yeah, game the long. The Barkov line killed them. In the Philly game, it was the Couturier. Couturier. Terrier line, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm a hockey blogger. I don't have to pronounce names correctly, but I try to. <laughs> In Boston, it was the Bergeron, Bergeron line. And don't get me wrong. Those are some top first lines. Like, those are first lines that you can go up against almost any first line in the league and say, yeah, wh- I like my chances with this crew. That being said, the Devils are not unfamiliar with these players. And it's not like John Hines and his staff and the players didn't have an idea of who these guys are. Like, these guys are established in the league. If you're a player, you know who these guys are, and you know how exactly good they are. So you should bring your A game. And the fact they keep bringing their C and D level games, and we keep seeing it over and over again, going back to my original point, is that that is why so many are focusing on the coaching being terrible as opposed to the players. Because, quite frankly, the coaching has this neg- such a negative impact on what we've seen so far that – they're not being punished for the bad things that they're doing. They're not adjusting for what's not working. I think today was the first time we actually saw a, an adjustment that actually made sense. You got to see, um, without Heischer, of course, you got to see the Zajac line line up against Barkov's line. And guess what? That line did not do so bad against Barkov's line. And they even got a goal against them. Well done. That's a positive. They switched the matchup. It worked out. Wonderful. It, it took you six games to make a positive adjustment, John Hines, but you did it. You know, I'm, I'm I'm applauding you for that. 
<laughs> sarcastically, but I'm applauding you. But the fact of the matter is, that is why so many people are so mad at the coaching staff because, again, you got the players, you got the talent, you got players that know how to play the game professionally outside of Jack Hughes. So who else is at fault here? Coaching. Yeah. Uh, the, what can you say? Like, it's amazing how much the power play specifically has struggled since Jeff Ward went to the Flames. I can't believe it. We were I know. we were calling for his head, too. He left, and all of a sudden, the power play may as well not exist. I'm of the mind to say, you know, when you get awarded a power play at this point, just decline the penalty. You're just completely useless on the power play. Just keep it at evens as much as you can because they just have no idea what they're doing out there. They're completely lost. They, exactly. They just – the effort is just not there. And again, with things like the Boston game, if you told me, you know, looking at the schedule, that they're going to be playing Boston in their own home opener and the score would be 3 nothing against, I could totally envision that no matter how the first four games went. But if the first four games went the way they did, then it's unacceptable to have that result because – at this point, after you have to make these adjustments, and to be fair, the Boston game was definitely not the worst game they've played, and Boston's a very tough team, and Brask yeah. had a very good game, but again, at this point, they can't afford to do things like that. They can't afford to keep getting shut out, and let's be real, that game was always going to be difficult, but you have to put forward a better effort against teams that you're chasing, teams that you're going to be around the bubble with, like Philly, like Florida. I mean, the Rangers are coming on Thursday, and if they get embarrassed again at home, I can't imagine that anyone would, you know, survive that on the staff. Exactly. And on top of that, the team has just been so soft because of that. I understand with the losing, everybody gets grouses about, oh, you know, there should be some more hidden. There should be more physical play. Rah, rah, rah. No, what makes them soft is the fact that no opponent should respect any lead that the Devils build up. I mean, Winnipeg and Florida just provided you the template. Hey, if they go up by three goals against you, don't worry. Just get one back and they'll crumble. And the coach isn't going to motivate them. The coach isn't going to get it done. And you're absolutely right. The fact is the Devils are in this incredibly fragile position where they badly need to win. They talk to the press about urgency and what they need to fix and so on and so forth. But the reality is, is that even losses that you would expect to be losses just aren't acceptable anymore because of the situation they're in. And that just adds more pressure and they can't handle the pressure. And the fact that the coach can't get them out of their own heads to a degree and the fact that other leaders on the team can't get themselves out of their own heads, uh, something's got to give here. And it's simple it's, as it's not only that, it's like when they do have the lead, the timing where they give up goals, they've basically found the perfect formula to destroy any momentum they could ever have. They've given up so many goals in the first and last minute of periods, especially at home, that even when they have a lead, it's very quick that the entire momentum shifts, the mood of the locker room shifts, the mood on the ice and in the stands completely changes they just come out with all this hope and immediately it's destroyed i mean today at least they responded pretty early in terms of giving up that goal 16 seconds into huberdo and uh, i say today we're recording monday obviously we release on after Wednesday. the florida game yeah right so uh, you know 16 seconds in it's not a good look but at least they got that one back quickly but again they let up a goal with seven seconds left in the second period they let up a goal with like 30 seconds into the third, 30 I don't seconds know into the third. how do they keep doing this? How do they not know how to start and finish periods? That just speaks to that mental fragility that they're experiencing right now. And I really don't know how it gets better, but God, Jack Hughes needs to score because I feel like once he does, the floodgates are 
pretty poised to open for him. He's been, you know, after those first two games, we talked about how he might be having a tough time adjusting. His grouping with Coleman and Simmons has actually been pretty successful in terms of possession metrics for every game they've played together. And it looks like he's gotten better and better, but man, that guy cannot buy a goal. It just, it compounds into this overall frustration where this face of the franchise eventually, hopefully is having such a tough time. And he's not the first, you know, first overall pick to struggle out of the gate. It took Stamco seven games to uh, get his first goal. We'll we'll see the results eventually if he keeps playing like this. But God, to add on to that virgility, the fact that they've been pretty snake bitten as well is is a tough pill to swallow. Well, again, you know, Jack Hughes getting denied by Strawman of a tap in today, hitting the post against Boston. He hit the post against Philly. He'll get he'll get his goals. He's doing things that will lead to goals. So it'll happen. But the fact of the matter is there is it the fact that we're lamenting that in the Florida game he didn't have his tap in goal because Strawman denied him and it hit the post, you know. Both posts. That would have made it five two that would have made it five two at the time. The fact is it is a problem that we are saying if only the Devils got a fifth goal in the game. And that was at a time when it was 5-2. Basically, we're saying you need to restore the three-goal lead. That's how weak this team is. We do not trust them with a two-goal lead. We get mad at the goals that aren't being scored. And worse than that, Dan, is that in that third period, in addition to giving up the game-tying goal, the game-winning goal, and an insurance goal on the Bokefist double minor, is that the Devils took four shots on net in that entire period. Four. One of which happened after the first goal. The, the Uyghur goal. The second one was a slap shot from Carrick, a random one that was easy for Bobrovsky. The third shot was a shot from center ice by Severson on a penalty kill. Yep. And the fourth one came with the net with the net empty. Basically, Hines decided that I might as well have six skaters. I'm down by two. I'm not generating anything. But that is that is so hard to do to only register four shots in a game after your opponent on your home rink ties it up goes ahead, gets an insurance goal. You can't even try to just fire it way at Bobrovsky, who gave up four goals on his 14, first 14 or so shots. And then you look at the Boston game, you look at the Philly game, you look even at the Edmonton game a little. Well, the Edmonton game, they were much better at five on five. But the point is, is that for all the talk about their offense has improved, they just disappear for long stretches. And a lot of it is because they struggle to get out of their own end. They struggle even more at completing passes into and through the neutral zone. And when they do turn it over, which is often, that completely undercuts any potential attack that they have. Throw in the fact that they overpass it sometimes or overthinking like how to beat this goalkeeper when they should just be firing away in some cases. And there's your recipe for failure from an offensive standpoint. So, no, it's not just that Florida was making this big comeback, but the Devils had no response today. None. They they were in a similar situation two weeks ago, and they they repeated it. It's like they learned nothing from the home opener. That's remarkable. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you can see it once they start giving up. Once they give up that late period goal, everything shifts. They are playing with zero confidence on the puck and off the puck. They have no idea where to be. They have no idea how to cover players. All of a sudden, they leave people wide open in front of the net. They definitely collapse or they're not looking around. They're not they're too focused on the puck instead of the guys away from the puck. And on top of that, 
with those late period goals, you have an intermission to talk things out. So what in the world is the coach or the captain or the assistant captain or somebody, what are they even saying in the room? Oh, we gave up a late goal. Time to pack it in. Like, where's the professionalism? Where's the desire? Where's the motivation? This is, again, and, and again, I keep going back to coaching because this is where the coach needs to come in and say, guys, that was terrible, but it's not over yet. You know, you know, remind the players that the game isn't over and actually put in an effort to try and salvage something. But they're not even doing that. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously it's bad. We, everyone can see it. And again, I don't want to spend the entire podcast talking about the negative. So we'll take a quick break. I just want to make sure that we manage to get more than just frustration out on here and offer maybe some solutions as to what they can do moving forward. So we'll be right back at the other end of this. All right, welcome back. And again, we, we've gone through our frustrations. You see them all the time. People are talking about the same things that we are on Twitter. And it's clear that there's a lot of frustration going on. So for the people who are in the camp of fire the coaching staff, the big caveat to that is there has to be some sort of contingency because it could arguably get even more disjointed. So I ask you, John, what would be the alternative to uh, John Hines and his staff? What would be an option that you'd like to see? I know, you know, it's unclear what names are out there at any given time, but are there any ideas that you might have for someone who would be able to take this team that is loaded with talent theoretically, uh, maybe less so than we thought or anyone thought, and could really parlay that into actually getting some wins and maintaining some leads? Well, as much as I would love Jacques Lemaire to come through that door, that's simply not happening. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to throw it out, out there. I'm currently in the mode of any of ABJM, anybody but John McClain. Uh-huh. Okay. But seriously, I, I don't have a real particular favorite. I know Dan Bowsman's name has been brought up quite a bit because of his previous connections with Ray Shero, although Shero also fired Bowsman, so I don't know how strong that connection really is. Bowsman... I don't know how well he was doing in Buffalo, except Jack Eichel didn't like him, so that meant he was gone there. So maybe try it again. I mean, at this point, I'm not going to complain too loudly about who they hire, provided that the play, the coach in question is somebody who has something resembling a track record, uh, something resembling success. So I don't mind if it's Bilesma personally. I certainly don't mind it if it was Guy Boucher. He's another popular name that's been bandied about. Um, not a super huge fan of Daryl Sutter, but maybe this is a team that needs a hard-edged hard-nosed coach or at least a reputation of having a hard nose like daryl sutter might have um can i throw a name to you real quick paul mclean what would you say to ken hitchcock i wouldn't mind ken hitchcock he wears out his welcomes in time but you need somebody right now to Mm -hmm. fix your season so if you fire him in two years who cares um you know if he can salvage this season go for it so I'm certainly not my, minding of that. I certainly wouldn't mind even um, – there's a coach out in Europe. His name escapes me at the moment, which is sad because <laughs> it's actually an interesting name. Because he has an NHL out clause in his coaching contract, which is rare. Usually mm-hmm. coaches don't have out clauses. Players may, might, but not coaches. But this guy supposedly knows what he's doing. Um, so – I, I think that's a real long shot. I don't know if you want to bring in a coach who's never coached in the NHL before to uh, come into a season and say, hey, we haven't, we lost our first six games. We need to make the playoffs help. Uh, that would be kind of a big ask of him. But if you want to throw that name out there, you might as well. Again, I'm in the mode of John Hines and his staff has been so ab- 
abysmal to start this season, and he's shown a lot of, excuse me, a lot of a lack of success. Like, even though last season you were definitely tanking, the fact of the matter is that was following a playoff year. So they sort of fell into tanking, and yeah, they had injuries, and yeah, they had things not go their way, but that team was getting its butt whipped all over the ice mm-hmm. night after night regardless of who was healthy and who was not, which speaks to the coaching not being effective. So the fact, so in my opinion, from my standpoint, I don't really have a strong preference for the who's provided they have a track record in the past and they can bring some interesting ideas to the team that are different than John Hines and his crew. Mm-hmm. And in terms of some of those different ideas, in terms of what you've been seeing, my question would be, is it strictly an effort thing is it strictly a mentality thing or does there have to be more line shuffling because it feels like there have been some combinations discovered that are actually working out and some that could definitely use some more work but is it more of an effort thing or does there still need to be more juggling and what would you do to change up some of the lines that aren't as effective I think it's all of it, to be quite honest with you, and I hate to give you that bland answer, but it is. I mean, the effort definitely is not there in a lot of cases, and a lot of times on defense in any sport, defense comes down to effort. It comes down to who wants to make the play more, who's going to be aware of what's around, and just keep grinding. Uh, The fact that they're not consistently looking off the puck, they're not consistently having their heads on a swivel and not quickly reacting enough is a sign that the coaching is not telling them the right things to do. It's also a lack of motivation, which also is tied to the coaching. Also with leadership, the players can certainly motivate themselves, but the coach has got to take a leadership uh, spot himself. The line shuffling, I understand people have complained. I know Ken Danico tried to make this a theme in the Boston game about the lack of chemistry. They need chemistry. No, they don't need chemistry three. What they need is to figure out what works because these are all professionals. It doesn't really take them that long to figure out who works well with who. As you said earlier, Hughes has actually looked somewhat solid alongside the likes of Simmons and Coleman. I don't know if that's going to really last for a whole season, but for now it works. And to a degree, Brat and Gusev seemingly play sometimes well off of each other on offense. Not so much on defense, but that's something. And obviously you have Hall, Heischer, and Palmieri as a combo. We saw in the Florida game for a couple shifts that Zaka actually fit, it fit in kind of nicely, and it did lead to some goals. So you have some options there. Butcher Vatnin was actually a successful defensive pairing against Florida. And who knows? I mean, I mean, who knew? Putting Vatnin on his uh, correct hand is the right thing to do with him. Um, and once Green gets healthy, Severs can go back to where he should be playing, not on the left side next to Subban. So there needs to be some shuffling because, as you said, there's some combinations on defense and net forward that just simply are not functional or not effective enough. So you need to keep changing it. My thing is, if something isn't working in the game, don't be afraid to change it. Don't be afraid to jumble things up because you're still figuring things out. Let the fans online complain about the constant shuffling. That's not the reason why you're losing these games. You're losing these games if only because you're not making enough adjustments and you're not making changes when it's clear that a pairing is dying out there or a line is dying out there and you're just like, eh, they'll figure it out. You need to, you need to be a more proactive approach. So I think a lot of it really needs to be addressed. And also tactically, I think the team needs to, the coaches really need to rethink a lot of this build out of the corner, build out of the build, build out from behind the goal line. I mean, not that Hughes, is getting totally creamed out there. He's still getting up after every hit and and trying to make plays, I think, to a a fault sometimes. But Hughes is not going to help you very much behind the net. (laughs) You know, someone's got to be out in front to make him useful there. And it doesn't work when you have three forwards all below the goal line. Mm -hmm. And your only options are a defenseman who's going to take a 50-foot shot that the goalie's going to stop every time. 
I mean, they gotta they gotta rethink a lot of their dump and chases, uh, chip, chips and chases, their zone exits, as well as some of their zone entries. They, this is a team that should be built for a lot of carry ins and carry outs, and they're not doing it. And I can understand the carry outs. Fine, that's that's not all, option is not always available, but it's got to be better than just chipping it away right to the other team or trying to attempt some really difficult. Uh, home run pass in through the neutral zone that if it works, you're going to look like a, like a genius. And the nine times out of 10, it fails. You look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Stop being an idiot. You know, coach, coach has got to say, stop that and forward, drop back further. You know, don't make it, don't make it a 60 foot pass. If you don't have to, it can be, you can work with a 30 foot pass. Um, so it's a lot of different things. And that's a big reason why so many are convinced with, that the coaching is not acceptable because, again, a lot of what I just described are things that a, an experienced coaching staff should pick up on by now. This is not a guy or a staff that is having its first NHL season. Nazardine's been with Hines from the very beginning. Kowalski's been an assistant for, what, two years now? He was in Bing, Binghamton before then. Uh, Mike Greer's returning from last season. Like, this is largely the same crew. So, how come they can't figure figure out what I, a total amateur, can see? I can't tell you. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't I don't understand this fragile mentality that they have. I no. think it, it if it's still a residual from game one, I really don't anticipate good things for the rest of the year because it seemed like from that moment on it, it seemed like almost from the moment where Winnipeg scored their first goal to close out period two they were not the same team and it's that same type of play that's propagated through and I I don't know man I I'm trying to find any sort of I'm usually a bastion of positivity when it comes to the Devils for some reason despite them not giving me real reason to be positive for any more than one year of the last seven, but I'm I'm at a loss here. It's been so weird to start the season, and the way they've been losing is weird and disheartening and not great. So with this schedule coming up as it is, what would you have to see from the remain the remaining five games on this homestand for you to think that yes, this is still salvageable? All right, they've got. I'm looking at the schedule here because I'm trying to measure my thoughts appropriately. They got the Rangers, the Canucks, the Coyotes after and the a five-day break, and then Lightning after four days, and then the Flyers <laughs> that to close out the homestand on uh, November first. Right. They got to win four out of those five games. Mm-hmm. They should have won the Florida game. When you're up four-one on a team, I understand with 38 minutes left to play, it's not a done deal. But four-one's a pretty definitive score to defend. You got to beat our hated rivals. You have to. There's gonna if you think people were upset at the rock today with the booing and some people trying to start a fire Heinz or a Heinz must go chant, it's gonna be massively worse in front of a largely blue crowd on Thursday. I hate our hated rivals, Dan. That might, if they if they blow that game in a similar fashion to what we saw today and what we saw against Winnipeg and some of these other efforts, you know, I, I'll be you know screaming fire Heinz as loud as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Granted, there's some personal animosity there because again, I hate our hated rivals, but that's what that's where I'm at right now. So they got to beat our hated rivals. They got to beat Vancouver as well. They got to beat Arizona. Those are not gimme games, by the way. Vancouver's and, and Arizona are not doormats. 
but you're you're getting home game again. You're getting home games against these teams. You should be able to take those teams on. Tampa Bay is a weird one because they started off the season poorly, but at the end of the day, they're still the Tampa Bay Lightning. They still have the most frightening offense on paper in the entire league. So I'm not super, I'm not super hopeful about that night. But hey, maybe this is the month where you catch them by surprise and you beat them. I mean, you got four days off before that game. Take some time to prepare extra hard for that one. And the Philly game, if they can, they should beat the Flyers. And again, that's going to be a tough one, but they need to get some revenge for that awful game against Philly earlier this month. So, truth be told, they, and because you got zero wins in your first six games, you need to start making up points now. Because after that Philly game, you go to Carolina and then you go to Canada, where you take on Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton in four nights, followed by Vancouver at the end. And then you're jumping right back into the swing of things in the middle of the month. Two days later, you don't get a big long break after that uh, Western Canadian trip. So this trip is notoriously a nightmare for them too. They always struggle on this trip. Yeah, one of those games, especially that back-to-back in Alberta, one of those two games is always a rough one. And truth be told, Calgary is a good team. Edmonton's playing way better than anyone expected. So those are not gimme games. None of these games are gimmies anymore. And truth be told, when you're 0-4-2 in your first six, all of them are difficult. You're the gimme game. That's yeah, what people are, are saying. Game. You are the doormats. <laughs> so you got to rise up, you know, to use a previous slogan, you got to rise on up and stand up for yourself and uh, make it difficult. And it's going to suck at some points, but you're going to have to grit your teeth and do it. Simple as. Because if this team continues to flail, if they only end up with one or two wins out of this homestand, fire the coach, even if that last game was a win. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, 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 you may need to fire him beforehand. You get a nice break between the 19th and the 25th of Vancouver in the Arizona game. Five days off, which is perfect for a new coach to come in and, uh, you know, get some practices in and uh, let the players know that things are going to be a little different. Um, hell, if they want to fire Heinz right now, as we're recording, I'm, I'm not going to be opposed to it either, but I don't I don't expect that to happen. I hope that people just, do understand. Said, oh, yeah, go ahead. That being said, they got to win most of this homestand. Right. And I'm not confident at all that they're going to be able to do it just based on what we have seen so far this season. Yeah, there's really no reason to believe that they're ever going to win a game based on how they've been playing. They're going to because, that's you know, attrition and that's just how the game works and how the season works and how the sport works. But... It really doesn't look like they have any interest in winning a game. Even when they have a significant lead, they just don't even care. It's something that they're going to have to improve on. I want to remind people that if they do fire Hines and things aren't better for the next, I don't know, two or three games... Getting a new coach in to teach a new system takes time as well. So there's going to have to be an extra level of patience there that they can't even begin to afford. They have to get out there and right the ship, if not this week, then within the next two. Exactly. And you raise a very good point. No ants, no new change at coach is going to lead to immediate success. But that's the thing. The devils need immediate success. Mm-hmm. You need to get to points right away. And... If you don't, it's going to be a very hard November, a very hard December, and it's going to be hard the rest of the way. That was that was the one big problem under the John McClain era is that they took so long to fire John McClain. Because mm-hmm. when Lemaire got going, that team was on fire. But they missed the playoffs by quite a bit because they couldn't overcome the big deficit they started with, which is another reason why so many are calling for Heinz's head now. So we're not going into Thanksgiving going, well, the season's already done. It's already torched. Let's get a new coach in here and see what the – if they can make a miracle happen, don't wait until Thanksgiving for a miracle. If you can make a miracle, you know, 
you're not going to need as much of a miracle if you start from fresh on, on October 25th as opposed to November 25th, just just to pick a date. Um, the Blues so Cup what, run isn't going to happen every year. No, it's not. It's and not. That, was, that in itself was a miracle. Right. Do not but, do not look at the St. Louis Blues and say, quick, guys, we got to go to a bar in South Philly that's playing an 80s song that used to be a hit in 1981 or 1980 and, and make that our theme song. That, that's just not how it works. They, they change coaches to someone who was already an assistant there, which means that they maybe, you know, understood the system that existed there a little more. But do you think anyone can trust our assistant coaches to be a head coach? No, they can't. No, absolutely they, not. And th- we don't have that option. They just do not. They have to either figure it out with what they have now or act quickly before the season goes too far off the rails. And... I don't know. I, I really don't know if it's just like an intrinsic motivation thing, but this is supposed to be the season where you convince Taylor Hall that this team's worth investing in long term. You convince Nico Heischer that, yes, this is going to be your, you know, your team moving forward. This is going to be something that you should be proud to be a part of instead of everyone is walking all over this team. They're excited to play the Devils. They cannot handle any sort of adversity in game now and even out of the game they're giving half-ass answers obviously they care obviously they'll say they care but it's really really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel right now well it's, it's just like in life dan you can't just li- you can't just trust what anybody tells you you got to look to see what they're doing you know if i was a smoker dan and i told you smoking is terrible and i'm lighting up a you know a pack right in front of you you're not gonna believe me why would you mm-hmm same with the Devils here. You know, you could tell me all you want about urgency and chemistry and fixing things, and we're going to work hard, and we're going to we recognize it's unacceptable. Say whatever you want. I don't care if you recite, you know, the national anthem or, you know, your favorite Taylor Swift song. I don't care what you say to the press. Go out there and perform. Because so far, you're not doing it. We saw it again today. You're not doing it. You didn't do it in last week, and you didn't do it in the first two games. Your actions failed. You were failures. Stop failing. That's all we really want at the end of the day. Don't give me a sob story. Don't give me an excuse. Don't give me a thesis. Don't give me an explanation. I might even agree with the explanation, but I don't want to agree with your explanation. I want you to succeed. I want you to win games. Hold leads. Make the other team suffer. I don't know. It's been so long since we've seen anything like that convincingly, but just another, you know, that you see numbers floating around throughout of not only they, how they play, in all situations, but also how they play when trailing by a goal. There, there's nothing going on no, there. They're not. They're not responding like they should be. Most teams, and again, this has been proven for debt for a decade now. In anal- with you know Corsi numbers and shot numbers and score effects. Score effects are a thing. We saw Florida certainly responded. They're down a goal. You know, down three goals. Oh, we got it. One more goal. Hey, we're going to press forward because we have a chance to win this game now. Winnipeg did it. Edmonton did it. But the Devils. Nah, we ain't going to try. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to press the issue. We're not going to take this shot. I don't care if I'm open. I'm going to try this pass through another guy that's covered and see if that'll make a miracle happen. Well, it didn't. I'm going to lollygag my way back on defense. I could be Miles Wood or Nikita Gusev. You don't know. It could be multiple devils I'm talking about at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well, you're absolutely right. They're not responding to deficits the way they should be. They're not coming out and responding nearly as much as they should. Well, so to just close things out on this uh, very positive podcast who do you look to in the room to 
rally the troops? Who is going to be that voice of leadership? And how close are we to signing Brian Boyle to be everyone's dad again? <laughs> you know, we actually got a, I actually got a small question asking if Brian Boyle could be the head coach of the team. I mean... And I'm not immediately <laughs> saying no to that. Of course, the, the suggestion also came that uh, Patrick Elias should be the, the assistant coach, which, again, I'm not opposed to personally, but uh, I wouldn't hold my breath either. Yeah, let's call Stevens again. Well, that's another popular name that's being brought up as, oh, he could be a head coach. I, I don't think he was very good as a defensive assistant last time. I remember him telling Eric Jelena that he should stop shooting the puck and throw more checks, and that immediately turned Eric Jelena into one of the worst defenders in recent memory. Not that Eric Jelena was a lights-out defender to begin with, but I'm I'm dating myself. Let's answer the question. Um, it, voices of leadership. There should be a lot of voices of leadership in this room. You know, I I, I understand Green is out on IR, but that's not preventing him from talking to the boys. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not he can't. I, I don't know if the rule is because he's on our IR, he can't be in the locker room or whatever. But surely he could send a text message or call call somebody and say, hey, let's get this together. Uh, likewise. Travis Zajac is a guy I would have higher expectations of figuring this out because he's been with the team and literally has been through the highs, the lows, the creamy middles of New Jersey Devils hockey for the better part of the last 15 years. You definitely have some big voices in P.K. Subban and Kyle Palmieri in terms of guys who play with a lot of heat on the ice, you know, guys who get fired up when, you know, they get frustrated, get angry. You know, they show their emotions on their sleeve. You know, you would expect them to say something. Taylor Hall would definitely be somebody I would have higher expectations of being a voice in the room because, again, if he wants that big contract, he's got to be the big player. And quite frankly, outside of the, you know, his goal was very nice today. He's got a couple points and his on ice numbers are actually pretty good. But truth be told, he he's not really getting it done off the puck and he's not really getting it done when he doesn't have the puck and the team isn't going forward. But and, and it's clear that he's not being a big voice in the room either. So with the with the veterans on the team, I expect a lot more from them. And that's why it's so disheartening to see them today, for example, go out there and basically play like it's the third preseason game of the season. And you're just out there to get your stuff in. Don't get hurt. Get a get a sweat going and uh, get your paycheck at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean. Everything has to be better. There's there's no there's no doubt about that. Those veterans that you mentioned, they need to step up. If not by their words, then by example. I really hope this isn't a case of, you know, when he was healthy, obviously, Andy Green just kind of being like, okay, my contract's up after this year. I don't really need to get to know this team very well. I hope this isn't a lame duck example of a captaincy here, with the parting shot being that Taylor Hall if things keep going this way, gets traded before the end of the season or definitely doesn't re-sign after the season ends if he doesn't get traded. I really hope this isn't like a harbinger of let's reset the rebuild by a couple more years because it doesn't look like they'll even have the pieces to get through that so far. So this this has to turn around. It's, it's It could not be more important for them to be successful this year. They can't just punt it. You can't continue to go like this. The leadership has to step up. The voice in the locker room have to be louder. The practices have to be more detail-oriented, and they have to simplify the game. A lot's got to change. Simple as. Clean it up. (laughs) Give us something to be excited about if you're providing entertainment, I'm very close to just not bothering with it after, you know, a couple more games. If the homestand 
ends up going how it's been going so far. I'm going to watch because I'm a lunatic and kind of a masochist in that way, but... And there's also a financial incentive now. <laughs> right, that that too. But it's it's also like, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be mentally tough for the fans. It's, it's hard to just experience all that losing as the uh, annoying rivals across the river, both, of, both bases, continue to give the Devils well-deserved trash talk. Absolutely, and... You know, I've I've lived through stuff like this. I've lived through and paid money for the John McClain era. I've blogged about it. I'm going to continue to go through it, so I'll be there. But truth be told, if you want to, if any fan out there is thinking about checking out, I ain't going to blame you if you do. And uh, yeah, I mean, on that note, I guess we can end things off. Just given that this is all that's going on right now. Listen, we don't we don't like it either. I wish there was no. more exciting stuff I wish, to talk about. I wish we could change it, but we can't. It's not up to me. It's not up to Dan. It's not like Dan's telling the team, hey, on the penalty kill, just don't worry about Victor Olofsson running around you or this other player walking behind you. Don't worry about the screen. Just, just, just keep doing what you're doing. Dan's not doing that. I'm not telling him, hey, PK, when you get the puck on the power play, just keep faking the shot. You know, don't try taking a shot. Never shoot. Never, ever, ever shoot. Just fake. They have to respect the fake all the time, right? You know, it's not like you and I are, are the problem here, and it's not like our listeners are the problem. The problem is with the coaches and the players. Like, pay attention to all the little details that will result in winning games, including things like on the power play, not dropping the puck at the point or making drop passes to no one in particular or going in 1v4, losing the puck, and then being caught on an odd man rush the other way. It just keeps happening over and over and every single mistake ends up in the back of the net. Yep. Things are bad. Hopefully they get better. Thanks again for joining us. And if you have anything you'd like to discuss, any suggestions for what they could do to fix this catastrophe, we're happy to hear them. We're happy to talk about them and we're happy to hear anyone's input because at this point, anyone could be right about anything. My only thing I could add is, please keep reading all about the jersey. <laughs> don't run away from our website. Our website's free. It's not like The Athletic. You don't have to subscribe to us. We're, we're free. You can read us, pretend you saw the game, and, you know, go into your 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 work or your school or, you know, your parties and say, oh, I know what's happening with the Devils. It's really terrible. And you can pass my thoughts off as yours, provided you don't publish them online. You know, hey, you know, that's free. Do whatever. Until they start winning, I don't blame you. Trust us, it's just as miserable for us to talk about losses as it is to watch them happen. So we're all we all have our fingers crossed that things turn around and we actually have some good things to discuss, some excitement to look forward to instead of waking up on game days dreading the new heartbreaking way they'll find to lose games. I really don't want them to become that team in the New York area that finds new creative ways to lose pretty much any chance they get like exists in other leagues. I won't name names, but you know who they are. And I really don't want to have that reputation. They've never had that reputation. I don't want to start with the what was supposed to be the most promising team in at least a decade. So that'll bring us to the end of the show today. Like we said, keep following along at all about the jersey. Feel free to tweet at us at AAT Jersey blog and again fingers crossed send them positive energy 
If you have to vent your frustrations, please do so. And please don't do it at the writers. They have no part in this. Stop that. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks again for listening and joining us. Good luck out there, everyone. Stay strong, and we'll catch you back here next week.